Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning. Good to see you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look really good today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for allowing us to be together. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you that you love us more than we could ever imagine. Thank you, Lord, that you are our provider. You're our God. And we are so grateful for all the things you've done and what you will do for us. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. I heard the story about a Protestant pastor who visited the racetrack and he noticed the Catholic priest was blessing the horses before the races. And each time the priest blessed a certain horse, that horse seemed to win every race. So the pastor waited for the next race and uh, when the priest walked up and blessed the next horse, he took all the money he had in his pocket, went down to the betting windows and he bet all of his money on the next race for the horse that the priest had blessed. And halfway through the race, the horse just died. Oh. Fell down dead. And he was so disappointed. He walked down to the priest and he confronted him and he said, I watched you bless all these horses and every horse you bless won the race, but this one died. What happened? And the priest said, that's the problem with you Protestants. You don't know the difference between a blessing and the last rites. I believe in the blessing. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm blessed and highly favored? I've said that, haven't you? And I believe I'm blessed and highly favored. But what does that mean? Is that just something that's Christianese, something we just talk and something we say? Or is there something about that? Is there a validity to that? Take your Bible and turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, first uh, book in the Bible. And uh, as God is creating, we see a pattern here. He creates and he blesses. Look at verse number 21. And God created the great whales and every living creature that moves which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters of the sea, let the fowl multiply in the earth. Now, look at verse number 22, God blessed them, saying. So God would create and he would bless. Let me ask you a question. Why do we need the blessing of God? Can, can I give you a reality here? How many of you will love me if I say this? About five people. Uh, how many will love me if I say this? Okay. Why do you need the blessing and the favor of God? Because you're not that good. And neither am I. You see, for me to do what God wants me to do, I need his blessing, I need his favor. Because he has commissioned us, he has chosen us, he has blessed us to do certain things. Is there anything to the blessing? And I believe there is. Uh, if not, why is God blessing his creation? Why is he blessing Adam and Eve? Why is he blessing the seventh day? Why is he blessing Noah and his sons after they step off the ark after the flood? He blessed Abram, he blessed Isaac, he blessed Jacob. Why is Jacob trying to deceive his brother out of the blessing if there's nothing to the blessing? 
It's a good question, isn't it? And why does uh, Jacob even bother to deceive Isaac if there's nothing to the blessing that he wants to receive in place of his brother Esau? Well, there's reality to the blessing. Uh, Psalm chapter 5, verse 12. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as a shield. Notice the, the symbiotic relationship, blessing and favor. How many of you know that's in the Bible? Blessing, favor, blessing, favor. So we need the blessing. We need the favor of God because we're going to go out and do the work of God. And if he doesn't bless us, we can accomplish what he sends us to do. Can I hear an amen? Matter of fact, Moses was instructed to tell Aaron how to bless the people. And we call this the Arianic blessing, Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. How many of you have ever heard that before? A lot of times when we dismiss a service, I will say some of that blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, cause his countenance to rise upon you. Look at verse 27. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. You see, the blessing is real. The blessing is real. This is a tangible, spiritual thing, but it has certain characteristics and requirements. I want to give you five this morning about the characteristics and the requirements of the blessing of God and how you and I should bless people. Here's number one. Everybody say one. The blessing must be spoken. If the blessing's not spoken, it's not a blessing. How would we ever know if someone's blessing us if it's not spoken? We don't want to be like the old farmer whose wife said, you never tell me you love me anymore. And he said, I told you when we married, if anything changes, I'll let you know. How many of you know that's not a blessing? You see, there's a pattern. Let's go back where we started, Genesis chapter 1. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. God blessed them saying, everybody say, saying. So God said the blessing. If we don't pronounce the blessing, if we don't speak the blessing, then it's really not a blessing. Further on in the chapter, God blesses Adam and Eve. And he blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, our words can be a healing balm or it can be a dynamite that causes an explosion. And we all know that. We've all seen that. We've experienced that. Someone said words that helped us. Some said words that hurt us. Words can be uplifting and healing, or they can be destructive and damaging. Words matter. So we need a blessing, but that blessing has to be spoken. And every one of us have a desire to be blessed and uplifted and to have an affirmation when someone speaks in our life, those we love and admire. And there's a whole group of people out there that absolutely has a longing for that blessing and words of affirmation and love. Let me tell you something. When I got up this morning and I look at the news and you look at the news, this has been a horrible week. Down in Texas, another school uh, shooting. We're living in a very discouraging time. We're living with people who absolutely have lost their ever-loving way. And you and I have to realize that there are people that haven't been affirmed and all of these people are longing for significance, they're longing for life, they're longing for love, and goodness gracious, you and I can make a difference in this world. 
I'm not a frog sitting on the lily pad, and neither are you. We're people who are involved, and we have a longing to see our world changed. In number six, this is what the Lord said. When you bless the people, you are putting my name on my children, and I will bless them. This Arianic blessing is a confirmation and an identification from God, and God says, I'll put my name on them. How many of you think it's important that we bless people? and not curse people. Let's be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. We have a world that is full of problems, but I'm going to tell you something. We have an answer to those problems. And parents, you and I need to be blessing our children and not cursing them. And we can do that. And how many kids are longing for a parent, a loved one, a grandmother, a grandfather to affirm their lives? Several years ago, a woman came to my office. She was uh, having some trouble. She'd been married several times. She was struggling. And uh, in my, con my course of conversation with her, I asked her about her parents. She began to tell me about her life and her parents. And, and I realized that she was longing for something she never got. She told me that she wanted her father to be proud of her. She told me that she wanted her father to love her and to affirm her, and she never got it. But as I talked to her, I said, you want something from your father you've never gotten. And she got up from the chair, and she began to pace in my office, and I thought, goodness gracious, what's she going to do? And she just began to weep and weep and weep and cry. And she looked at me and she said, you're exactly right. But here's the problem. Her father was already dead. And I said, you're longing for something you've never gotten and you will never get it. Sometimes in our life, we're longing for something that we won't get. But here is the good news. Even though her heavenly father never, I mean her earthly father never gave that to her. How many of you know her heavenly father can give that to her? Sometimes we're looking for things we'll never get. Yes, let's give the Lord a hand clap. We want to be in the place where if we don't get it here, how many of you know God is our source? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father, and in him there is no variableness, there's no shadow of turning. How many of you know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? So today, the blessing is real, and we can give that blessing. Can I give you just some verses that you know? Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, health to the bones. Heaviness in the heart makes a man stoop, but a good word will make it glad. We need to be sharing words that are uplifting, encouraging, positive words that are blessing people and not cursing people. Have you ever heard this? If you don't have anything to say, just shut up your trap. It doesn't go quite like that, but it's kind of like that? If you don't have any good thing to say about someone, just don't say anything at all because we have the ability to lift people up and encourage them. And when God blessed, he always spoke. God blessed them saying. So even if you don't say it, even if you think it, they can't get it communicated unless you speak it to them. How many of you have ever done this? And I have. I wish I would have told them this. I wish I would share this. I wish I would have said this before they died. I wish I would have said this before they left. And you and I have the ability to do that. A blessing must be spoken. Here's number two. The blessing gives direction and purpose. 
The blessing gives direction and purpose. Did you realize what God said as he blessed? Be fruitful, multiply. Fill the sky, fill the ocean, fill the waters. Bring forth after your kind. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue, have dominion, replenish. What's he saying? I'm going to bless you, and here is the reason I'm blessing you, because you have a job, you have a purpose. And I cannot fulfill that job, that purpose, my calling, unless he blesses me. I'm not that good. And here is the news. You're not that good. Look at your neighbor. They're not that good. I mean, they're pretty good. In the world's eyes, they're good. But let me tell you something. To do what God wants you to do and what God wants me to do, we need his help. We must have his help. We have to have his blessing. We have to have his favor. The Apostle Paul writes this in the New Testament. This is a 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Why is God blessing you? So you and I can abound in every good work. That's why he said he blesses us. You and I are blessed so we can abound in every good work. And if I'm not pursuing a good work, why would he bless me? Because I'm going to waste the blessing. If I'm going to sit on my lily pad and just croak, why in the world would God want to bless me if I'm not going to do anything with the blessing? And here's the good news. God wants to bless you and he wants to favor you. How many of you believe that? And if you just stumbled in here today and said, I'm just here because of compulsion, my wife drugged me here, my friend drugged me here, you're here at a very good time because here's the good news. God wants to bless you. He wants to favor you. You don't have to keep living the way that you're living. Can I hear an amen? But what am I going to do with the blessing? What am I going to do with the favor? If I'm not going to do anything with it, then why is he blessing me? The blessing motivates me for every good work, and it gives me direction in where I should go. Can I hear it? Amen. So therefore, God blesses me. Here, here's the third thing. The blessing has a lingering after effect. The blessing has a lingering after effect. Now, I'm going to just say this right at the, at the middle of the sermon here. Many of you have never never heard a sermon like this. I've never preached a sermon like this. But I believe it because it's in the Word of God, don't you? The, the blessing has a lingering after effect. Do you know that God blessed Abram, changed his name to Abraham, and then we know Isaac was blessed and Jacob was blessed. There seemed to be a lingering after effect of the blessing and the blessing of the children can come because of the after effect of the parents. The Lord can bless the parents and the children can have some after effects of that blessing. How many of you believe that? Now, if you don't, let me explain it to you. There is a line in the Bible, we're going to read it in a minute, talking about the lack of blessing because the lack of blessing also impacts children. If the blessing impacts children for the good, how many of you know the lack of blessing can impact them for the negative? Now, this verse, I, uh, Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 2, is found more than once in the Bible. And you've heard this term. It's kind of a Jewish proverb. What do you mean God is speaking by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Have you ever heard that line? Now, have you ever watched somebody eat a lemon? 
I don't know about you, but when I take a big bite of a lemon, it gets me right here. Yeah. Does it get you there? And if you watch someone eat a lemon, it will transfer that little feeling right there because you know what they're getting. Now, this is what God is saying. He's saying you're saying that what the, the parents do or the father does is going to affect the children, and that's what they're going to be. It can limit them. It can hinder them. But everybody stands on their own. And that's what God is saying. Just because the father and the mother's corrupt don't mean the children have to be corrupt. Everyone stands on their own. Just because they fail doesn't mean you're a failure. Just because they have difficulty doesn't mean that you're going to have that difficulty. You can, but it doesn't mean you have to. Now, it may cause the children to be at a disadvantage and to have a slow start, but they have to stand on their own eventually. When David is wanting to build the temple, God would not allow him, but Solomon built the temple. I want to read 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 5. I intended, therefore, to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord told my father David when he said, Your son, whom I will put on the throne in your place, will build the temple for my name. Solomon had an advantage to build the temple because of the blessing of his father David. Let me tell you why. Because most of the money raised for the temple was not raised by Solomon. It was raised by David. Solomon didn't get the plans for the temple. David got the plans for the temple. Solomon did it, but he was riding on the heels of his father David's blessing. Now, he had to have his own walk and his own blessing and his own favor, which he tended to mess up later on in his life, but he was at an advantage because his father is David. Do you realize Jonathan was at a disadvantage because of his father Saul? But each one had to stand on their own two feet. Parents, listen, your blessing or lack thereof can affect your kids. Not that it will doom them, but it will cause them to have a slower start or some difficulties, but they will have to stand on their own. And even the world knows this. As I was researching, I found out that even the secular people know that there are good things that happen to children from their parents that will cause them to be successful or the lack thereof if they don't do it. I came across this article, Science Back Things You Must Do to Raise Successful Kids. And this is what they're saying. We know from research and we know from you know, some trials and, and education. Here's some things that parents can do to help their kids. Can I read those to you? Number one, make your kids do chores. Make them work. That was number one. I didn't need any research for that. I didn't need anybody from Harvard or Princeton to tell me that. That's Fred 101. Right? Steve's back there. He's nodding his head. My brother. That, that's Fred 101. What's the number one thing you can do in this list to help your kids turn out good? Put them to work. Get them off their lily pad and put them to work. And they're going to whine and moan and complain and put them to work anyway. And if they resist, pull up a sunflower stalk and work them over. That's Fred 101. Number two, teach them good social skills. Number three, have a high educational expectation. Number four, eat dinner as a family. 
Isn't this rocket science? Number five, have them develop good relationships. Teach them to try and not worry about failing. Delay their gratification. Develop a love of reading in their life. Limit their screen time, TV, tablets, games, computers. And number 10, show them a good work ethic. Show them a good work ethic. See, instilling these virtues and these characteristics in the children tend to follow them through their lives. It has a lingering after effect. So, what we know from the Word of God, what even secular science knows, there's a lingering after effect if we do the right thing. If we bless, if we bless, there is a lingering after effect. Here's number four. The blessing has a uh, uh, residual nature and impartation and conveyance. There is some residue that follows. A residual thing that follows. <laughs> trying to get two words in one. Do you believe that? A residue that follows? Residual impartation and blessing? That is very clear in the Word of God. Do you know, this is what Laban said to Jacob. I'm going to read it to you. Genesis 30, 27, 28, 29, 30. And Laban said to him, how many of you know Laban was a rascal? He was a deceiver himself. Laban says to Jacob, Please stay if I found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Then he said, Name me your wages and I will give it. And Jacob said to him, You know how I've served you and how your livestock has been with me. For what you had before I came was little. It has now increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. You know why Laban was blessed? Because of Jacob. Amen. He had... The residual blessing fall on his life because of Jacob. Listen, hang around people who are blessed because you'll get the residue. This residual blessing will fall on you. Joseph to Potiphar's house. This is verse 5, 39 of Genesis. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and the field. Why was Potiphar blessed? Not because of Potiphar. He was blessed because of Joseph. Joseph's residual blessing followed over into Potiphar's life. Are you getting this this morning? There is a residue of blessing that falls on people because they're with people who are blessed serving God. You know, sometimes we, uh, we think this is too good to be true, and really it is because God's such a good God, isn't he? But here's the fifth thing. Blessings and favor usually have tokens of blessing attached to them. And let me just add this. We say it and we show it. If we are blessing someone, if we are favoring someone, there's usually a token of the blessing and the favor that goes to those people. Let me ask you a question. Why does Joseph have a coat of many colors? Why does Joseph have a coat of many colors? Because his father favored him. His father blessed him. Now, the other boys didn't like it. They hated it. But this coat of many colors was a token of the blessing of Jacob on his son, Joseph. Here's another one. When the prodigal son comes home, he went out and wasted part of his life, drinking, doing drugs, hanging out with hogs, the the animal kinds. 
And when he came home, do you know what that father did? When that son came home, stinking filthy, he said this. Bring me the best robe. Not the secondary robe, not the robe I bought at Walmart. Bring me the best robe and put on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and let's kill the skinny calf. No. He said, let's kill the fatted calf. What are all these things? These are tokens of the blessing and the favor of the father that he's put on his son when he made the right decision to come home. You make the right decision, I'm going to tell you, your Father in Heaven is waiting to bless you and to favor you. So when that son came home, the blessing of the Father came upon him. The Father didn't say this, I already gave you all you're going to get. Right? Give me what's due me, and the Father gave it to him, but yet when he came home, he blessed him with the robe and the ring and the shoes and the fatted calf were tokens of the blessing and the favor on his son. Can I hear an amen? Let me tell you, you and I have to realize there are tokens and favor that God gives us every day. Um, I didn't tell this story in the, in the first service, but... Uh, my brother's here and Tina's here. And when I graduated from college, I have a degree in business economics. And uh, I was looking for a job. And I don't know if it was Tina or somebody told me about this job. And, and I went in to apply for the job, not even knowing what they did. And the company was fairly small at the time. And most of the employees were all family or family associates. And they hired me that day on the spot and I was thankful to have a job. And I remember walking out of the office thinking, I've just been hired. I don't even know what these people do. <laughs> this is a true story. I left and said, I'm, I'm not even for sure what these people do. And then someone asked me later, they said, you know, Mike, how did you get the job? Because most of the people who work there are, you know, either friends or family. And it was fairly small. And then it grew up to about 55, uh, you know, agents or employees after that. And it was in an oil investment place. And this is what I said. I said, my father helped me get the job. And I wasn't talking about Fred. I said, my father helped me get the job. You know what? Favor will go a whole long way with you blessing will go a long way with you. I would rather be blessed than lucky any day. I'd rather have favor than luck any day. Can I hear an amen? Luck is random, but the blessings of God are real. The favor of God is real, and we have those blessings. Now, let me end up. I've got seven minutes. How many of you believe I can do this in seven minutes? Y'all are people of faith. I'm going to look at some of the unique aspects of the blessing. There's only three, so hang in with me. Don't leave. Lock the doors. Number one, we are blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. When the Lord spoke to Abram, listen to the dialogue. Go from your country, from your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the person who dishonors you or curses you I will curse and in all you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Did you hear what he said? I'm blessing you to be a blessing. You are not to be a bucket. You're to be a conduit. 
You're to be a pipeline. A bucket just gets filled and it sits there. Can I ask you a question? Do you know why the Dead Sea's dead? Because everything flows into it and nothing flows out of it. I've been in the Dead Sea. It's got a mucky, squishy bottom. You can float. I don't care how big you are because it is about uh, 10 times more uh, saline than the ocean. And every living thing, and, th and living things flow into it every day. But as soon as they get there, they die. You know why they die? It takes everything in and it gives nothing out the other side. How many of you know somebody like that? Don't shout their name out. There are people, they take everything in, they don't give anything out. You and I are to be a conduit, a pipeline. The blessings come in, what do we do? The blessings go out. And, and how many of you believe with me, God's supply is greater than our outlet? Not only does he give me enough for me, he always gives me more than enough. Pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over. Do you realize, I asked LaDonna this week, I said, LaDonna, about how much money did we get in for the truck going to Haiti? She said, well, I think we got it in about $12,000. Isn't that great? That's wonderful. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. We brought in thousands of dollars. Why are we doing that? Because Haiti is the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. We're not going to sit here in a great church, hold hands and sing Kumbaya and not share the blessing. What are we doing? We're letting it flow. We're sending it out to countries all around the world. Do you know in the last several years, we've given over a million dollars to missions. Why? We are not supposed to be a bucket. We're supposed to be a pipeline. I am not here to show off my clothes, although you're not impressed with them at all. I'm not here to sit on the corner in the church for another hundred years. I'm here to build the kingdom of God, and that's why you should be here. And we cannot do it unless he blesses us to do it. We have to have his blessing, his favor, or we cannot accomplish that at all. But he is wanting to bless us. We're supposed to be a blessing. Here's the second thing. We can position ourselves for God's blessing. You and I can better position ourselves for God's blessing. Now remember the verse that we read earlier. Um, you bless the righteous, O Lord, Psalm 5. You cover him with favor as a shield. Now notice, blessing, favor, blessing, favor. Say that with me. Blessing, favor. He says, you bless the righteous. So if I want a greater blessing, what do I do? I get into his righteousness. Let's go on. Here, here's a verse you are familiar with. This is the way the Psalms start. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and there he meditates day and night. So if I want to be the blessed man, blessed man, then what do I do? Don't listen to the ungodly. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Do not delight in what is wrong, but delight in what is right. Don't go the path of the sinner. And if you don't do that, what do you do? I position myself for the blessing. But if I don't, I'm over here in the cursing. If I want to say, I, I want to be in the righteousness of God, then what do I do? I position myself for the blessing. But if I don't want to, if I want to live like the world, then I'm going to be over here outside the blessing. It's not that God's not pouring out the blessing. You're just not in the right place. I'm just not in the right place. 
How many of you know he's always pouring out the blessing? His favor wants to come to you. Psalm 32, 1. Blessed is the person whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. So if I want to be blessed, what do I do? I go to God in repentance. And I say, God, cover my transgression. Take care of my sin. I just position myself, what? In the blessing. And if I don't want to come that way, then I stay outside the blessing. Psalm 40, verse 4. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. So if you're going to trust in the Lord, what do you do? You position yourself where the blessing is. Don't trust him. You're outside of the blessing zone, right? Psalm uh, 41, 1. Blessed is the person who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. So if you and I are magnanimous, if we're giving like to Haiti or benevolence or whatever, we position ourselves in the blessing zone. And when you get in trouble, what does he say? When you're in trouble, I'll come deliver you. But you get over here, get, on, get in trouble, the Lord says, you're on your own, baby. Why? You're not in the blessing zone. You see, you can position yourself for the blessing. How many of you believe that? According to Scripture, it's absolutely true. Galatians 3, 9. Those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So if I'm a person of faith, according to this, I'm blessed just like Abraham was blessed. James 1.12, we are blessed when we endure temptation and trials. Everybody here is going to have temptation and everybody here is going to have trials. But if you hang in there, if you don't quit, if you don't go backwards, if you keep believing, stay in faith, what did he say? You're blessed. You give up, what do you do? You move out of the blessing zone. The blessing's real. The favor's real. Let me give you one last one before we leave. In some way, every person here is blessed. In some way, every person in the world is blessed. You said, Pastor Mike, I don't know if I believe that. Well, let me verify that. Psalm 145, verse 9. The Lord is good to all. Would you say that with me? The Lord is good to all. Let's all say it. The Lord is good to all. How many of you believe that? Have you ever heard it rains on the just and the unjust? But how do I get a greater blessing? How do I get greater favor in my life? You can't work for it. It's not because you're good. It's not. How many of you know? It's because God is good. Because he's the one that gives us what we need. But there are ways that we can get in the right position and the right place where that blessing becomes more real. And have you ever heard someone say this? Well, they get all the luck. They have all the money. Or look at how they're doing. Could it be that they're just... That pipeline and that channel, that conduit that God could trust. If God blessed you, could he trust you with the blessing? Or would you just keep it all yourself? Would you just be the bucket and you become like the Dead Sea? Everything goes in and nothing goes out. You see, sometimes when God blesses us, we really don't see it as a blessing. But God is blessing us. I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, we, we've, we've all done this. You're in high school, you're in junior high, and you've got the hots for somebody. Anybody ever had the hots for somebody in high school? Y'all are lying to me through your teeth. Y'all are so holy. And, and you thought, well, you know, I, I, if I could just have them, or if I could date them, or if I could marry them. And then you went back for your 40th high school reunion. And he said, oh, God, thank you. Thank you. 
that you did not answer my prayer. Thank you that I did not end up with him. Thank you that I did not end up with her. You see, sometimes God blesses us and we don't even know we're being blessed. Sometimes God puts a Goliath in your life so he can bring out the David inside of you. Sometimes God puts the Goliath in your life that he can bring out the David in you. But when you saw Goliath step out, you thought, surely that can't be a blessing. But I want to tell you, in David's life, Goliath was a blessing in disguise because it's what vaunted him to the national scene and made him seem like one that somebody could follow, somebody that had courage and someone who could be the next king. And many times we think, God, that's not a blessing. And God says, oh, yeah, it's a blessing. You just don't see it yet. You just don't see it yet. But I'm so glad God blesses us, aren't you? You are blessed and highly favored. Can we talk about this some more? Not, not today. Just, okay, we're okay. But I want to talk about this some more. Because I believe in the reality of the blessing. And it's very scriptural. I wish I'd have known this about 50-something years ago. I wish I could have operated this a long time ago. I mean, you know, knowledge is power. Not complete power, but it is power. You see, if I can understand that God wants to bless me, and I'm not serving him for the blessing, but how many of you have ever done something nice for your kids? We've got a few parents that are nice. But uh, you don't always do it because they're good. You don't always do it because they obey you. You do it because they're your kids. Moses tell Aaron that when he pronounces the Arionic blessing upon them, this is my blessing to put my name on my children. I'm putting my identification I'm putting my confirmation on my kids. And you are a kid of God. Well, wait, preacher, I'm 80 years old. You're still his kid. My baby is 28 years old. And I am convinced when he is 48 and 58, he will still be my baby. And some of us are getting a little gray-headed. Maybe we don't walk as straight as we used to walk. We don't get up as fast as we used to get up. Oh, he's preaching now, Ethel. Hang on. You're not as strong as you used to be. But I want to assure you, you are still God's kid. And he wants to bless you and favor you. Let's pray. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.